Good morning and welcome to this another edition of Words from the Word of God. So excited to be back with you and so excited to introduce a new series. I want to stress this, not a new series of messages, but a new series that we are has been laid upon our heart here at Words from the Word of God. Uh, the series entitled A Ray of Light from the Word. A Ray of Light from the Word. Uh, this will be, and I don't want to say it daily, but he, as the Lord lays it upon our heart, as we always do, as the Holy Spirit leads, want to share a ray of light, uh, of God's light into our lives each day or periodically as the Lord gives it to us, that we would be strengthened, that we would be encouraged, and that we would have that renewed hope and peace in our lives as we walk this uh, life here on this earth, and we know we are strangers traveling through this 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 strange land on our way home, uh, and we need this, you know, and it will allow us to focus more and more often on the Word of God that we could receive that renewal, that time of refreshing from the Lord, and I pray this is what it will be to you each time we share a ray of light from the Word going forward today as we begin this series the word of god takes us to the book of hebrews the book of hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 through 13 and the word of god tells us here let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Let us labor. Uh, and I know people are going to grab a hold of this right here. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. What rest is he talking about? Verse 9 here in chapter 4 says, There remaineth, therefore, a rest to the people of God. If you are a true born-again believer, you know, and I will get back to the labor part here in a minute, but, you know, we have a rest that is coming, and that's the eternal rest. Jesus said to us and his disciples in John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also you know what a wonderful promise that is and we know as we see what's going on around us today we know that the return of christ his promise that he was coming back to receive us unto himself that where where he is we would be we know that day is ever drawing nearer his return is on the horizon it could happen any second of any day now i've never put a date on it never will but i can assure you that everything that's going on in the world today in our nation uh is ramping up 
for the return of Christ. And, and then we know what will come after that, the tribulation period, seven years of tribulation, three and a half of tribulation, three and a half of great tribulation. Christ then will return to set up his millennial reign here on earth. And that is the rest that he's talking about here, the rest of God that remaineth. Keep in mind that word remaineth. Uh, that means we don't rest here. If you think about it, the Christian life is described in the Word of God. It's not described as a rocking porch uh, type uh, belief. Uh, we, talk, we are told that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of evil in a stark world. Hey, and you go on. We, you see the, the men of God in the Old Testament who placed their faith in the Lord, who had to fight battles, who had to wage wars. And, and we know even in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul and James both tell us that we experience various or diverse, many types of tribulations and trials here on this earth. But what does it mean? But so, you know, we haven't yet entered into that rest, but it remaineth. That means in Christ Jesus, we have a promised rest coming in eternity. That's what that means. So what does it mean by labor? And I know people are going to grab a hold of it and say, see, I told you so. you got to work for your salvation. Well, let me reassure you of this. And this is the word of God tells us this in Isaiah, that all of our righteousness speaking of our good works all of our self-righteousness is nothing more to a holy and righteous god than filthy rags in the hebrew there the filthy rags spoken of is nothing more than leprous rags that can't be touched they're not good for touching they're not good for smelling they don't smell good all they are good for is to be burned that is what we have to offer to God. We can't offer him nothing. It's awful pride for us to think in our hearts that we can lift one finger to redeem ourselves from the power of Satan, sin, and death. And that's awful prideful. No, that had to come by the cross of Calvary. But what it talks about here, laboring, it speaks of when you give your heart and life to Christ, you are born into the family of God. You're born a new creation. You're born into uh, an eternal life with God. And you walk in that life. That means you prayerfully read his word, uh, meditate upon his word. You follow the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit that indwells your heart. And you continue to walk in that. That's what it talks about. Moving through these things that we face here. Laboring to battle through those things. Knowing that we have an eternal hope in Christ. Not only that, but the word, the word of God tells us here. For the word of God is quick and powerful. That means it is, it is alive and it's active. It is always working in our life to help us in that labor that we have to do here in fighting the battles and waging the wars. You know, he tells us many times, it's not our battle to fight, it's his. He goes before us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. But it's the word of God is alive and it's active. It moves and, and it, it, it has power in our lives. And it what, not only that, but it's sharper than any two-edged sword 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And very important here is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When we speak about walking for the Lord, when we speak about doing God's will, and that's another thing about laboring, we labor, we seek his will for our lives. And that's part of that laboring, seeking God, what will you have me to do? What is wrong in my life? What do I need to do? Where do we get those answers from? You say, well, yes, through prayer and through guidance of the Holy Spirit. But yes, but it also comes through the Word of God because the Word of God is our roadmap for our life here. If you left your home today traveling to San Francisco, California, many people will say, well, I will just plug that direction into my GPS and I will go. Yes, but you have to have the directions to get there. We are on our way traveling through a strange land to an eternal home. And we are the children of God. And if we are going to live by his will, live by his way, be pleasing in his sight, and live holy and sanctified lives, we must. There is no other way as an emphatic. We must follow the word of God. We must learn. We must read. We must read meditate we must prayerfully meditate upon the word of god if our life is to have any direction at all if nothing else we're tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine and we just follow whatever man wants us to to believe no if it's contrary if you know what the word of god says your heart will know it's contrary to what the word of god tells you is right that is the word of God. Just like that map will get you from your home to California and show you the way there and give you the directions. The word of God is our roadmap and on our way home to our eternal resting place with the Lord. And not only that, and not only that, but the word of God brings something else to our hearts and lets us know it says, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him of whom we have to do. Hey, let me tell you something. You want to know what's wrong and what's right in your life? The word of God can tell you. The word of God is not for God to his eyes to see us through his word that we're wrong. No, it is for us to see through our heart's eyes that we are wrong in God's eyes. We are wrong in his sight. It tells us when we are right. It reads the thoughts and intents of our heart. The hand cannot move to do something wrong unless the heart first thinks of it. Remember what I said about the heart. It is the, it is our deepest recesses of our being, our soul and our spirit. And, and the word of God, that two-edged sword, speaks of that Roman broadsword, that two-edged sword that could split you from the top of your head down to your navel. That's the kind of sword uh, the word of God is talking about here. And it's a sharp sword. It cuts going in and it cuts coming out. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that it will leave in your life that is contrary to what God is, what his holy and righteousness demands for your life. It will cut it away. It will divide it from you. But you must be in his word. You must allow it to direct your path. 
I look so forward to the next time that you and I can join together. I pray that this has been a wonderful and remarkable ray of light in your life like it has been to mine this morning. And I look so forward to the next time we can join together and share in a ray of light from the Word. God bless.